Welcome to Struck Inside Out, a new podcast where we talk about all things life, love, relationships, wellness, and spirituality. I am your host, Daniela Bertoli. I am an author, a director of an alternative high school, a deep thinker, and an even deeper feeler, and a lover of sharing my truth with others in the hopes that my stories, my experiences, and the results of facing my vulnerabilities can hopefully help others lead happier and more fulfilling lives. Thank you so much for being here. If you listened to last week's episode, we spoke about the importance of alone time. We spoke about the value in spending time in solitude, maybe going out to dinner alone or starting a hobby alone, taking a class on your own, or even venturing into solo travel. And I was thinking to piggyback off the topic of solitude. We are at a time in the year when most people have given up on the resolutions that they set for themselves in January. So even if you didn't fully give up on a goal, a lot of people beat themselves up if they missed a day of their dry January, if they didn't stick to their diet plan, or if they didn't exercise as much as they said they would. Whatever your goals for the year are, and whether you're sticking to them or not, whether you gave up on them or are going to give them a chance again, one thing that I think we miss out on when we are setting goals and trying to create new habits is offering ourselves the compassion and love that is required when starting something completely new. So if you think about where you are in your life right now, everything that you do, all of your thoughts, your emotions, all of them are the result of your patterns and habits over an extended period of time. So most of us, whether you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, or whatever age that you are, a lot of the personality traits that we think are just who we are, are really just the result of continuous habits that we've engaged in over time. So to change those patterns, those daily actions that we've been doing month after month or year after year, is going to take some time. These aren't quick fixes and they aren't meant to be. The point of this human experience is to continuously grow in our own ways and in our own timing. If we had instant gratification for every single change, if we got our desires the moment that we wanted them, how boring would this experience of life be? Our happiness is in our journey toward our goals. It's in the unknown. And if we can learn to stop beating ourselves up so much for every mistake, every failure, every time we let ourselves or others down, then we're doing ourselves and others a great service by leading with the example of love rather than judgment, by leading with compassion rather than shame. And so we live in a society where it is very easy to compare your life and your progress, your material items, your whole being on the world. Social media enables us to see 
everybody's life whenever we want to. And most of us who have social media, you know that we only really share the parts of our lives that we're proud of, that we want to be seen. We highlight our trips, we highlight our accomplishments, our raises. We show the beautiful parts of our lives and there's nothing wrong with that, but we spend a lot of time on our phones that we don't realize that the more time we focus on our screens, on the images that only really show the successes and the joys, that we are subconsciously creating a life that doesn't highlight the pain and the efforts and the sleepless nights and the commitment that is required to work toward goals. And if you're listening to this, you are somebody who has worked toward a goal. It's human nature to strive for things. So whatever your goal may be, you do know what it's like to accomplish it. But you also know that to go toward a goal is to move toward resistance, is to move toward things that don't necessarily feel good in the instant. It's believing in your faith and your ability to accomplish something that is not yet tangible. So if we move forward thinking that our journey needs to look a certain way, or we need to be perfect, that there's not going to be any ups or downs, then we're not living in reality. So what I wanted to discuss today is a practice that has helped me so much when I beat myself up, when I think that I need to be further ahead than where I am. When I look at other women on Instagram who have the success that I desire, the lifestyle that I think is going to make me the happiest, the money in the bank that I have been working toward and wanting to make for many years now. When I look at these other people's lives, I am assuming that once I get those things, once I get the money, the status, the career, the recognition, then I'm going to be happy. And you get caught up in this loop that one is not realistic, but two makes you feel like you are eternally behind. And what I want to do today is to show you a practice that can help ground you not only in the reality of your life and who you are and your strengths, your accomplishments, the daily wins that you have each week, but something that will ground you in love. That practice is in my book. My book is Struck Inside Out, the same name as my blog, the same name as this podcast. And in it is a chapter called Letters to the Girls I've Been. And in it are letters to myself at various points in my life. So I write these letters to the younger versions of myself from who I am in the present moment. So there is a letter to 13-year-old me, the version of myself who was highly insecure, battling acne and puberty, losing friends, falling in love with boys who didn't love me back. <laughs> um, then it was when I was in the ninth grade and I was experimenting with alcohol and I was learning what heartbreak feels like. Then it goes to when I'm in college and I'm in a pretty abusive and unhealthy relationship. Then it goes on to when I was living in Las Vegas for a year and taking a gap year from college to party and just enjoy my life. 
than to when I was backpacking throughout Italy for a month. And it continues to present day where I wrote a letter to who I was in the moment when I was writing the book. And these letters represent a sacred union between you and your higher self. So when you write these letters, if you've never done this before, the point of this practice is to write to the younger versions of yourself or the present version of yourself through the lens of compassion and understanding and offering love, support, and advice to the parts of yourself that feel lost, to the parts of yourself that want to give up, that don't want to continue forward, that feel like you're a failure, that feel like you are never going to get to be, do, or have whatever it is that you desire. And when you write these letters, the point of this practice is to to go deep, to be specific about what you're feeling and what you're experiencing, to not shy away from the truth, and to really offer a clear lens of what your current landscape looks like. So how are you feeling on a daily basis? Who are you with? And how do those people make you feel? What is going on in your internal internal world and what is going on in your external world? How are the two relating to one another? How is your daily demeanor affecting your experiences and vice versa? Are the people at work? Is your partner? Is your job making you happy or stressed out? You want to really be as specific as possible so that you can understand yourself as clearly as you can. And when you're writing these descriptions, you are offering yourself advice along the way. So for example, when I was writing a letter to the version of myself in college who felt really stuck in a relationship that was unhealthy, that was toxic, but something that I was really afraid to leave, I didn't tell myself that I was an idiot, that I was making a huge mistake, that I was so dumb for believing the consistent lies that were being told to me on a daily basis by my ex-boyfriend. Instead, I looked at the girl who was wanting so badly to be loved for the first time in her life. The girl who was trying to make something work, even though she knew deep down that it wasn't right, but her fear was wanting to keep her in the same place. And so she tried to avoid the truth. I spoke to the girl who I don't recognize anymore, but who could use support, who could use love, who could use somebody telling her that even though she feels like she's in the dark, that she is capable of experiencing the light and that she is capable of being courageous enough to step into that light. And so when you write these letters, if you are writing them to your past self, it reminds you of who you are today and how who you are now is just a glimpse, a blip of your entire life experience, that the version of you right now is, is here now, but at some point in the future, she's not going to be here anymore. And just the way that you would speak to a child who made a mistake, a child who was struggling... You wouldn't tell the child the moment the child falls when they start trying to walk that they're dumb, that they should just give up. You 
encourage the child to get back up, to keep going, and you cheer them on. So why is it any different with ourselves? Why can't we be our own cheerleaders and our own support systems at any time of day, especially when we feel low, especially when we're stressed out, especially when we're lonely, especially when we want to give up? And so at the end of this episode, I am going to share a letter that I wrote to myself from my audiobook to give you an example of how you can write this letter if you want to do this practice for yourself. But what I really wanted to highlight in this episode today, and something that I feel really strongly about, again, if you've been following me for a while, if you read my book, if you read my blog, you know that self-love and the relationship that you have with yourself is one of my favorite topics to write about because at the end of the day, it is always you and yourself. You are always going to have you. Our family and our friends are here for us and that's amazing, but when you're home at the end of the day, if you live alone or if you don't, you're always gonna have moments by yourself. And so if you can learn to love the voice in your head, the heart that is beating inside of you, the soul, that is perfectly imperfect, if you can learn to love that presence, you are going to have a more enjoyable life and a hell of a lot easier experience while you are here every single day dealing with the challenges that we deal with as humans on a daily basis. So a couple of tips if you decide to write a letter to yourself. One is if you're writing a letter to your past self, you want to choose a time in your life that was a pain point for you. So you want to go back to a moment that was hard, that was difficult. And usually your first instinct when hearing this is the version of yourself that you should write to. So as I'm speaking, maybe a vision of you as a kid getting bullied popped up in your head or the year that your parents got divorced or you had to move or it could have been last week when you were having a really hard time just getting up and starting the day. What does that version of yourself need to hear? And not only what does that version of yourself need to hear, but how can you describe the moment that that version of yourself is experiencing? So again, what are you doing? How are you feeling? Who are you with or who is not around? What are the circumstances of your daily life? that are making you think and feel a certain way. Don't be shy, be specific. The more details that you can offer, the easier this practice becomes and the more truth you're going to tap into. So offer the details, offer the specifics. It's precisely the specifics that are going to lead you to a higher level of understanding for why you feel the way that you feel. Number two, after you choose a pain point, you want to develop the tone that is compassionate, that is kind, that is loving, almost like a very motherly voice. Your higher self is that version of yourself. It's that all-knowing self that is always aware of what is right, of what is truth. And as you write, you'll notice that when you're tapping into this voice, it's really easy to embody that nature. It's really easy to feel the overall truth of why you are experiencing what you're experiencing. And instead of resisting it 
And instead of running from it or hiding from it, you embrace it. You sit in it. You breathe into it. You don't need to make it anything different. You don't need to form it into something that you think it should be. You accept it for what it is because it is perfect entirely as it is. And I know that might be hard to wrap your head around because you can ask yourself, well, I'm not choosing this pain. I didn't choose to have my parents get divorced. I'm not choosing this abuse. I'm not choosing this depression. That's not the point of this practice to turn a blind eye to what you're experiencing. The point is to dive into it. And it's also not to express a tone that is saying that everything is going to get better right away. It's basically offering love while you sit in that pain. And it's actually a really beautiful practice to dive into because we often try to numb our pain, to avoid it, to make it wrong. And we don't ever ask ourselves what the beauty can be in that pain, what it could feel like to sit in it and to learn from it. And it's not wallowing in it, it's merely recognizing it and welcoming it into your experience and trying to see that you can experience rewards from your sadness, from your pain, from your heartbreak, just as you experience highs from happiness and accomplishments and love. The two, happiness and sadness, can offer you a similar vibration. It's just that your sadness usually reaps that over time. And that comes as the result of a life lesson, of more wisdom, of seeing things more clearly. So this practice, again, taps you into your pain. It taps you into your higher compassionate self, but it also offers you the beauty of sitting with your present perfect moment exactly as it is. The third tip for writing a letter to yourself is to be brutally honest, even if you don't feel comfortable doing so. You're most likely not going to feel comfortable doing so if you're starting out with this. No one else is reading these letters except yourself. You don't need to perform. You don't need to worry about grammar or spelling. This is a sacred communion between you and yourself, your past selves and your present selves all of the versions of yourself that have led you to where you are today, all of the knowledge that you have now, all of the wisdom that you have now, all of the confidence and love that you now possess are all a result of all of those previous versions of yourself. So we're honoring them. We're celebrating them. We're not shying away from the truth. We are diving into it. And through that practice of diving into our truth, we experience the miraculous gift of what it means to be a human being, to be on this journey at all. Another thing that you can do is you don't have to always write a letter to your past or your present self. You can experiment with this. You can choose to write a letter from your past self to who you are today. So maybe the 13-year-old version of yourself is looking at your life now and is so excited to experience what you're experiencing. And sometimes just remembering what that younger version of yourself would see about who you are now helps you understand your blessings and see them a little bit more clearly, especially when we're focusing on lack and everything that we don't have. You can also write a letter from your future self to who you are today. You know, maybe use this as a manifestation technique. 
that future self, what is he or she experiencing that you are desiring right now? What does their life look like? What is their daily schedule? What kind of car do they drive? What do they wear? What are they feeling? What kind of friends do they have? Where do they eat? You could be as specific with this as possible. You can have as much fun with this as possible when you really dive into those details. You can write a letter from your past self to your future self, your future self to your past self. There's no limits to what you can do. Again, the point of this practice is really diving into the heart of your voice, the heart of your truth, that truth that we typically avoid on a day-to-day basis. I have done this practice in my creative writing classes at my high school with teenagers and early 20-somethings. I have done writing workshops with men and women who were in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, and up. This practice is for anybody and everybody. doesn't matter if you're a female or a male, if you feel young or old, whatever your status is, this practice will anchor you into the beauty of your being. And I have seen this practice work wonders for people in just a half hour of doing this. People that I never met before, when they really sit with themselves. And in my workshops, I'm usually playing my writing playlist on Spotify. I'll link it in the show notes. But the writing that comes forth when you're really sitting in a space that you feel you can open up to, so maybe that's when you're home alone with a candle lit or you're burning incense or you're listening to something that relaxes you, the space, the messages, the energy that comes forth when you sit down to address your higher self is really transformative. And when you do this, you realize how often you're out of alignment with this higher self, how often we operate from automatic habits, how often we operate from our triggers and just this reactionary attitude that we don't even realize becomes who we are just because we don't really take the time to make this communication, something that is sacred, something that can be a daily practice if you take the time to do so. So I am going to share a letter to myself that is from my audiobook, Struck Inside Out. I hope that you enjoy it and find a piece of yourself in it. And as always, if you like it, please share it on social media. Send it to somebody who you think could benefit from it. These tips that I share in these episodes I hope can reach as many people as possible because I know how much they have helped me. So I will be back with a message after this letter, but I hope that you can listen to this and I hope that it inspires you to get a pen and a piece of paper and to write a letter to yourself and to see what comes forth from your beautiful and divine self. A new voice. Dear Danielle, You're learning to quiet the outside voices and listen more intently to your own. You're alone, but not lonely. You're struggling, but at peace. You're fulfilled, but still longing. You're always going to be a bundle of paradoxes. You're always going to wish you were one or the other. You're always going to be hungry with feverish desires. And you're learning to be okay with that. You're learning to love yourself. 
There wasn't any choice but to love yourself when living alone in quarantine. It was just you and your writing, and you enjoyed every last drop of solitude. You've become quite the hermit, though when you retreat indoors, you travel to other worlds through your creativity. You now spend some of the most fulfilling times of your life alone. Isolation from the outside world has stirred a love affair of self in you. Isn't it funny how you used to cling to people and relationships for security, and now the only assurance you rely on is your own resilience? I couldn't be prouder of who you are right now. You're becoming the vision of yourself that you always desired, and that's entirely a result of your own doing. No one else's. Stop for a moment and honor how far you've come. You need to value your growth as you're growing, and not only when you've blossomed. I know it's difficult to focus on all the positives in your life when there's so much change happening. Quarantine and COVID brought both blessings and rude awakenings. The year 2020 offered you the time and space to focus on your writing and embrace the present moment. You practiced mindfulness by taking small bites of your food and savoring the taste of your meals. When you read a book, you didn't pick up your phone for distractions. You delighted in each word. When you needed a break, you let yourself relax. When the sun was setting and your carpet had large patches of sunlight stretched across it, you laid down and lingered in its warmth. You dozed off for hours. You laughed at funny movies and cried during sad ones. You spent hours on Zoom with family and friends. You took long walks alone. You practiced yoga and meditation. You praised the little things. 2021 provided a different kind of awakening. You learned that life could change and throw your world off its axis at any given time. No one is exempt from getting cancer. You aren't immortal. Friends you thought would remain by your side can abandon you when you need them the most. Authenticity in those closest to you can fade into superficiality as you grow older. And even when you're afraid to speak your truth, and stand up for what you believe in, you should always share your voice. The worst that can happen is you get trolled on the internet. The best that can happen is you see people for who they are. What you're going through is forcing you to look at your life differently. Who are you and who do you want to be? What have you been doing that isn't serving you? And what can you do to raise your vibration? What type of people do you want to surround yourself with? How do you want to spend your time? When will you start living the life that you always dreamed of? The interesting thing about dark nights of the soul and hard seasons is that they strip you until you're left with nothing, and it's only until you have nothing that you can see the truth in its most vulnerable form. It's not easy viewing the comforts that once made you feel safe in their naked essence. Once the veil is lifted, there's no going back to what used to be. You can't unsee the truth. 
you experience a thousand mini-deaths in a single revelation. You also experience a thousand rebirths. That's how each day feels lately. You rise and fall as you try to ground yourself in what no longer is and what you're trying to make your life become. It's because of how much you're hurting that you're growing as fast and immensely as you are. I know you want to call your friends and have things be the way they always were, when you'd laugh on the phone for hours over nonsensical absurdities. But you're angry for being judged for your views on sensitive topics the world just recently had the opportunity to form an opinion on. You're resentful that they excluded you from birthday and holiday plans because you had the bravery to publicly share your voice when they disagreed with you. You're upset that a friendship as long and dependable as yours even got to this point. And you're worried that you may never reclaim what you've lost, even though you're not entirely sure you want it back. I know you wish Bailey was still here, so you could talk to him about this and then make prank phone calls in your apartment to laugh your worries away. I know how hard it is to fully grasp the weight of him being gone forever. I know how rare it is for you to find people you connect with on a deeper level and who see you for who you are, which makes his passing even more painful. Give yourself patience and love right now because you've never lost someone so close to you before and healing takes time. It's okay for you to take your time. I know you worry about your sister and her health. Watching her endure chemotherapy and witnessing the aftermath of such a strong treatment was one of the most onerous burdens you've ever had to carry. You admire your sister's fortitude and resilience, and whenever you fear receiving a similar diagnosis, you remember how strong she is. Even when she was at her worst, when she couldn't get out of bed and discovered hair all over her apartment, she still wore a face of bravery. Even though she felt broken and is still learning how to pick up the pieces to reshape her life, your family formed an indestructible bond that strengthened your love. You're so incredibly lucky to have the family that you do. Through all the unexpected changes you've weathered, you've found that your sisters, parents, cousins, and a few close friends are your support system and can help you get through anything. There are people in your life that will be there for you no matter what. They accept you as you are. They love you as you are. They are your people. As you move forward into this new year, Take comfort in knowing that you survived the most taxing year of your life. You not only survived, but you also rose above every hurdle you once thought you'd never be able to overcome. Take that energy of perseverance and let it lead your life. The more challenges you endure, the more you expand your comfort zones. The more uncomfortable you get, the more confident you become when you conquer your fears. How many more fears can you defeat? This is the year you make your dreams come true, Danielle. This is your time to show the world everything you have to offer. This is the path that will lead you home. I love you. Love, Danielle.
Thank you for listening to episode four of Struck Inside Out's new podcast. I hope that you liked this episode. If you did, please tag me in a post on social media at Struck Inside Out. If you liked my audiobook, I'll link all the versions of my book in the show notes. And as always, if you can, please leave a review. I love hearing what you are thinking about this podcast so far. And I also love to get ideas for what you would like to listen to in future episodes. So if you want to do this practice on your own and you want some more tips, feel free to DM me, feel free to email me. I am more than happy to give you some extra tips for this process. And I hope as you go into this new week, and I hope as you go into this new day today, that you are kind to yourself, that you speak to yourself more lovingly the way that you would speak to anybody else. And I hope that you remember that you have all of the answers that you could ever need within you. Sometimes all it takes is just becoming quiet and listening to that inner voice or writing that inner voice a letter. I send you so much love. Danielle.